Oh, folks, it is game day finally, and Carolina is hosting Notre Dame, the first major team that Carolina will play this year. Notre Dame's off to a little bit of an iffy start, but it is still the Irish. What's in store for the Tar Heels? The man, Brian Chekos, is here to help us figure that out. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Saturday, September 24th, 2022. Welcome in to the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and joining me is Brian Chacos, former Carolina offensive lineman, but current Rams Club employee. Great dude, so glad to have him. We want to thank you for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget that the show is free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so you can subscribe right now to make sure that you don't miss a second of your team every day. Chekos, it is great to have you, brother. It's game day. I know you're feeling all those game day feels as a, <laughs> as a lineman and everything, getting ready for that. Uh, how you doing, brother? Isaac, good to be with you, my man. It's uh, it's always good to be on Locked on Tar Heels. You're uh, you're doing a great job. Love, love Have loved following the show. Love seeing your following grow. And uh, again, man, you said it. It's, it's great to be on with you on game day. It's uh, It's exciting. Uh, we've got a great opponent uh, here in beautiful Chapel Hill. Uh, it's game day, and uh, we're expecting great things. We're expecting a great crowd, a great game, a great turnout. And uh, this is the kind of game that really shapes a program. Yes. And uh, we're seeing it uh, here with our fourth game of the season. Uh, our fans are excited. Our players are excited. Coach Brown is obviously thrilled and very <laughs> excited uh, to see how this team is going to really come out and play and, and uh, see where our developments really, really has uh, has blossomed here in the third. third I mean, I'm sorry, the fourth game. Yeah. So um, we've got in the books, number four, and uh, let's roll, baby. Let's roll. Boy, that just got me going. I'm so ready. I got my morning coffee going and uh, maybe some cinnamon rolls. I don't know what, what's going on at the Shade family house today. Uh, but we are going to be ready for this yeah. afternoon kick. And so yep. let's put a little bit of, of a pin in today's game because I do want to take stock of those first three games that you just referenced a little bit and, right. and kind of try to figure out like what questions have already been answered, what questions have been left unanswered, some of those things that often you don't know through the non-conference portion of the schedule, which has been flipped a little bit this year to be now how Mac Brown wants to do it with those games up front. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so we're still learning a few things. So yeah. I want to dive in directly to your area of expertise. As sure. you've watched this offensive line, Brian, what, <laughs> what have you seen that's been positive? I mean, right out of the gate against Florida A&M, no sacks right. allowed. Um, yep. And then even against App State and Georgia State, I know there was maybe a breakdown or two here or there. But for the most part, this, this line has done a great job of keeping Drake May upright and clean. But I'd love to hear from you what you're seeing. Yeah, for well, two things really. Jack Bicknell, uh, Coach. <laughs> what Bicknell, a guy! Wow. Yeah, Coach Coach Bicknell's done an amazing job. He, he his his leadership uh, instantly with the credibility of winning over the position meeting room uh, and the guys' trust uh, has been amazing. Uh, he, he's really done a good job of getting the guys to gel, the five guys to come together, play as one unit, buy in uh, to his scheme, his technique has just been really fun to watch. Um, the guys play hard. They play together. 
They play through the whistle. And as a former lineman, it's something that I've really been proud to see our guys do. Uh, I, I want to see and I want to um, them to continue to increase the nasty streak a little bit. My mother was not really necessarily proud when I would do some of those things, either before, during, or after the whistle. Uh, but but it's some of those things that uh, when you play offensive line, it's a tough and dirty position, right? There are things that happen during the play, after the whistle, in the pile uh, that sometimes you're not too proud of, but but it occurs. It's uh, <laughs> football is not a game for everybody, um, but it's a, it's a tough sport. And again, you know, I'm biased, but. I think the game is going to be won. It is won and lost in the trenches. So if you have five guys that are playing like our guys are playing right now on the offensive line, uh, we have a really good chance today to beat Notre Dame. I think we're going to beat Notre Dame, and I think our offensive line is going to have a big part to do with that. It's exciting that we get Spencer Rowland back. Yes. I'm excited to see what he'll do at the guard position. I think moving William Barnes out to right tackle is going to be a really good move. I'm proud of William uh, for hanging in there. He's had a up and down career here at Carolina right. after being very highly touted and recruited out of Florida. And now it's his opportunity to shine and play. And he's found a really good position at right tackle. So he's played all over the board. And again, he's seen his friends get early playing time where he's had to sit and wait his turn. And so now he's the guy at right tackle. And so I really want him to come out 3.30, ABC prime time, millions of people watching. And this is a good opportunity for him to make some money and for him to get paid today, right? You come out, you have a great game. You put some guys on their back. You, you keep the quarterback clean. This is the kind of game where guys can get paid. And so I'm really excited for our guys up front. Uh, the second thing is Corey Gaynor. Corey Gaynor has, has been awesome. He's been a great transfer uh, from Miami. He brings that Northeastern toughness. A fellow Northeastern guy, which That's I'm right. biased. I love those. I love those <laughs> Northeastern guys. Uh, right. My Southern brothers here that listen to the podcast too. But um, as a fellow Northeastern guy, I love Corey's toughness. I love how he instantly had credibility when he came into that locker room. Has been named a captain, uh, and the guys just rally around him. It's fun to see at practice when you know he calls the huddle, guys listen. When he calls the guys around at practice, guys listen. And I think also that just comes with age. You know, it's something my dad calls toe, time on earth. When you have toe, <laughs> that's just something that you, you can't read in a book. You can't read it in a management book or in a webinar, any of those things. You just have to be around longer. And I think, again, that's something that Corey has in our football program that he's just been around. He's just been around a college football program longer than some of these young guys. And so Corey's got that instant credibility. Man, that's so good. And and Brian, way to go. Great segue into what I want to ask you next <laughs> is uh, like you look at the uh, the App State game, for example, with with Josh yeah. Downs out and you had Andre Green, Jr., Andre Green Jr. starting as well. And so across the offensive line, you've got all seniors and grads. Kamari yep. Mount Morales, you're starting tight end, a grad. But then all the other skills positions, you got Omarion Hampton starting in the backfield, true freshman, summer enrollee P.S., You've yep. got a redshirt quarterback, redshirt freshman quarterback. You've got freshman, true freshman and redshirt freshman at all three receiver positions in that game. How important is that experience of this line and Kamari Morales in helping bring those younger guys along? There's no doubt about it. And again, you know, I've always I've always thought if you can have younger guys um, contribute right away, it's going to be at the skill position. Asking an 18-year-old to come in and wrestle with a fifth-year, six-year senior, 22, 23-year-old dude uh, is tough, 
So, so, so for our listeners and our fans that were thinking that Zach Rice was going to come in right away, <laughs> as highly touted as Zach is and as good of a player as Zach Rice is going to be for us, it, it, it's not realistic to think that Zach is going to come in right away uh, and be a, you know, 65, 70 snap offensive lineman in the ACC for us right away. That is a tall order. That's that's why when people think of James Hurst and what he was, James was able to do and play against LSU in the Georgia Dome in that opening game. I mean, that's why James is a, a freak of nature, one of the better offensive linemen to come through here. That's why James is still playing left tackle for the New Orleans Saints <laughs> and having an unbelievable career. James is a great guy, a great football player, a great Tar Heel. And, you know, it's, it's just a tall order because mm. uh, the strength and conditioning programs are different, obviously, from high school to college. The mentality of playing on the line of scrimmage in high school to college is totally different. And the speed of the game is totally different. And so, again, I think you can get away with those things out at wide receiver, cornerback, you know, maybe even tight end to some ex- to some extent sure. on the offensive line and defense line. Asking a true freshman to play is is a tall order, and so you know that kind quite of quite literally, quite, quite literally, quite literally. So again, but it has been you know Isaac, it has been awesome to see Omarion, you know George Pedway, you know obviously doing their thing, and uh, you know to say that um, to say that we've got a really good thing uh, coming along here at running back would be an understatement. You know, mm-hmm. not even not even you know uh, mentioning Caleb Hood. Uh, you know, who should, uh, who's hopefully going to be back this week, by the way, who, who, from all extent, he is going to be active. So uh, having him today is going to be awesome. So, uh, you know, we got a very deep backfield, um, very young backfield, but, you know, to, to the extent and and to what we've uh, seen to date, they've, they've done an an unbelievable job. Love to hear all of that. And I hear, I remember uh, I went to uh, Georgia Tech at Notre Dame, Mike McGlinchey's senior year, and he walked right by me. And wow, this dude was, yeah. so when you, when you're talking about the difference in a grown man, yeah, the single part, yeah, face mask. Yes. It's just, dude, I hear you and I feel yes. that in my bones. Yeah. So uh, we, <laughs> we want to continue talking about this. Uh, we've seen the offense take off early, but the defense is still trying to find their way a little bit. I want to sure. ask you some about that right after I tell you all about underdog which this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up this college football season. I've created my own account with Underdog, and let me tell you exactly what I'm looking at on my pick'em slip today. I've got UNC quarterback Drake May higher than his 254.5 passing yards on the slip, and I'm going with Drew Pine under his 217.5. This game is easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two to five players across any team, not just the Tar Heels, not just the Irish, and decide if they'll finish higher or lower. It's one of the easiest fantasy games to play out there, and you could win cold hard cash in just a single game. Sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on, all one word. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Okay, Brian, Mr. Chakos. So <laughs> we we've seen the offense, man. They are humming. Uh, yep. A month ago, we didn't know if we were going to be seeing Drake Mayer, Jacoby Criswell 
under center. And now we're looking at this guy starting to work his way into some early season Heisman conversation. But I want to flip to the other side of the ball and just try to start figuring out a little bit of maybe why the defense hasn't come along at that quick a rate as the offense. What, what are you seeing uh, and, and what are your perceptions as someone who has played across the line from a defense? Yeah, I think it's a couple of things. I think people need to not panic. I think uh, I think people are, are jumping the shark a little bit and and <laughs> kind of um, I, I think that people are getting excitable. I think there's a couple things. I think I feel really good about us being three and oh. I think Coach Brown has stated that enough. I think people need to keep the eye on the ball and and the goal of of what we're trying to get done is to stack wins. We've done that. We're three and oh. Second thing, we have Gene Chizik and Charlton Warren. I will tell you, there aren't a better DC secondary uh, combination probably in the country. Um, If there is, I'd probably put them in my top 15. So with having Gene Chizik and Charlton Warren, I feel very confident that things are going to get turned around. Um, Some of the players that maybe have been fairly unfairly targeted, we'll just take our two cornerbacks, Okay. You have Tony, you have Tony Grimes and Storm Duck. Storm Duck was a freshman All-American. Tony Grimes was the highest rated defensive back coming out of high school. Okay. So the kid is a five-star, very talented. So you can't tell me that all of a sudden the kid is no good at football. Okay. I don't buy that. So I feel really good about those kids as football players. I feel really good about the guys who are coaching them. I feel really good about being three and oh. And so, sure, can we play better on defense? Absolutely. The coaching staff will tell you that. Mac Brown will tell you that. The fan base is definitely telling us that. Sure. <laughs> and so how do you do that? You go out and you punch a team in the face like Notre Dame today. Right? Absolutely. Um, are there some things that we can do better? No doubt about it. Can we, can we maybe switch up some things schematically? Sure. I think sub- – and, and this is just me speaking from my playing yeah. day. Yeah. When you play against a team like FAMU, when you play against a team like App State, when you play against a team like Georgia State, you are prepared to win the football game and you are prepared mm-hmm. to play your very best. I think subconsciously, though, you still look across that scrimmage and say, I am playing against Florida AM. I am playing against App State. I am playing against Georgia State, two Sun Belt teams. Okay, and whether you're prepared, not prepared, there is just still something in your brain that says I'm playing against two Sun Belt teams and I'm playing against Florida A&M. When these guys line up today at 3:30, and they are playing on ABC primetime, millions of people are watching. Their high school buddies, their girlfriends, their whomevers back in their hometowns. <laughs> And they're playing against the Golden Domers, Notre Dame, Rudy, the prestige of Notre Dame, seven Heisman Trophy winners program. They are going to crank it up to a notch that I don't think we have seen in a while. And I think it is going to be their best performance that we've seen in a couple of years. And so that's what gets me really excited to see them play today. And knowing that when you put a good performance on film against a team like Notre Dame, those are the kind of games that stick with you throughout your whole career that can make you a legend, right, in Carolina lore. And also, these are the kind of games that get players noticed, drafted, and paid, okay? Wow. 
And so I think that's a really powerful thing when guys think about it, they take a step back um, and they really kind of look at this and they get dialed in, right? And, and say what you want, you know, take it one week at a time, you know, focus on the goal at hand. But, you know, when guys look at this, you know, they, they're looking at this game. This is a kind of a life-changing kind of game, playing against Notre Dame in Keenan Stadium. Again, 330, ABC, the magnitude of this is a very, very big deal. So that that's, you know, again, we can get into whole technical, you know, no, should we, great. you know, should we blitz more? Should we not blitz more? You know, should we p- play a bear defense? Not, I mean, we can get into all of that too, but at the end of the day, you got to beat the guy in front of you. You got to want to make it, you got to want to make a play and you got to want to uh, be disruptive and you just got to want it more to the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a couple things I take away from what you just said, Brian. Number one, it's the same thing we said, or at least I know I said all last basketball season with Hubert Davis patience. This thing is going to come together. And number two, these are 18 to 22 year old young men. They are human beings. Sure. I, we don't want them to play down to competition, but it's going to happen. But by the same token, they're also going to play up to competition, especially as you said, someone who knows this well, when you right. have an opportunity to get paid and make a statement on national TV, you're going to do it. Keeping in mind, as you said, while people might uh, observe this as a flawed 3-0 and team, you still said it's a 3-0 and team, and it is. Everything yep. is still in front of you right now. You win this game, you're 4-0 and heading into conference play, and the division right now seems wide open with all sorts of possibilities. So let's keep all of that, folks, in mind. Absolutely. Now, ask you another locker room thing, Brian, if I could. Um, sure. You've seen Kobe Pesor step in and fill in for Josh Downs in a massive way that I don't think anybody could have hoped for. Led the team in both these weeks that Josh Downs was out. And now you get Josh Downs out, or Josh Downs back, excuse Mac. me. But, yeah. but Kobe, like Mac has to find snaps for Kobe <laughs> Pesor. He's talked about right. that. How, yeah. how do you go about working back in, let's use the term star players, while mm-hmm. still finding snaps for the guys that have proven themselves as they've filled in. Oh man, they'll. I mean, they'll. They'll find a way. <laughs> they'll find a way, and there, there'll be plenty of reps for all the guys, and there'll be reps for Josh to get back in on punts and kick returns. Uh, but when you have a talented guy like Josh Downs, you need to get him back on the field <laughs> as much as we can, and we'll, we will find a way to get Kobe on the field with Josh, just because again they are both so talented. And it's actually we have actually benefited, uh, and it's weird to say we have benefited from Josh oh, being right. out because again it has right. showed, showed and given us the ability for other guys to come in, step up, uh, show their skill set, um, and really lead. Um, because again, everyone was so um, I, I would say we were we were leaning on Josh so heavily to be the guy, but it also has shown how dynamic Drake is with My being goodness. able to spread the ball around. Right. I mean, I, I think it was the Georgia State game where he you know, was connecting to 10 plus receivers. So it, it just really shows how much of a distributor Drake is. He's not going to lock on to one guy. And again, it really just shows how, how dynamic our offense is uh, from running the football to throwing the football, to getting our three tight ends involved. Ooh, I mean, it is it is huge. just something yeah. uh, it just shows, you know, again, it's, it's a testament to Phil Longo's offense. 
Yes. It's a testament to Drake really utilizing the full extent of the offense and not just going to one read. And then if that's not there, checking down or running. I mean, he's really going to go through his progressions and really going to uh, take the full magnitude of the offense and work it. And so, you know, getting back to your question is having Josh, is that going to disrupt the offense? I don't know if it's necessarily going to, you know, maybe going to cut snaps from somebody. Look, we're going to play the best guys because playing the best guys is going to give us the best result. So again, ultimately get a win. And again, it's not, it's not about yards, it's not about touchdowns, it's not about, you know, uh fantasy stats or anything like that, right? It's not about any of those things. It's about how can Carolina get the W, correct? Right. And we want to move on to being four and We want to be one of the we want to break into this top 25. Uh, we want to continue having uh, and doing an awesome job recruiting, which Coach Brown has done. Damn. And we just want to keep this train rolling. Again, we're we're expecting one of the best crowds we've had in Keene Stadium in the last 40 years. Uh, it's been a tough ticket, a tough demand to get into the stadium today. And so the way that you keep this rolling, so we have the same issue for next week against Virginia Tech, is you get a, <laughs> is you get, is you get a W today. That's right. So that's what we're planning on doing. I love that. And, and so then let's move right into talking about that, Brian. Um, let's start on the, with the Notre Dame viewpoint of things. It frankly, has been a bit of a rough start, at least in terms of wins and losses, like we're talking about, Mm -hmm. to the Marcus Freeman era. They lost their bowl game. They lost their first two games this year, very understandably, against Ohio State, um, and then followed that up with a loss to Marshall the next week. So Marcus Freeman starts off his career 0-3 before they get that win last weekend, and and now they're 1-2. I think if you talk to Notre Dame people, and I've talked to – I'm close to several Notre Dame fans just – close friends of mine and they all said listen we knew we were way overrated preseason kind of what mac brown said about last year's tar heel team right um and so i think to logical reasonable notre dame fans they recognize that and realize that's where they're at but um for a proud program like the irish to start off one and two is never a desirable thing so as a football player take us inside uh what is the locker room vibe when you get off to this type of start as the irish have it's it's rough. It's rough, especially when you have those high expectations for yourself and you have those high expectations for your team, your university, the fans, your classmates. Um, you know, you're walking around campus a little bit different. You know, when people have you in the top 10 and then all of a sudden you don't meet those expectations, you lose a tough game against Ohio State when you were winning, you know, three out of the four quarters, you won. You were, you were beating Ohio State. And then you, you can't and keeping close Stroud in check, by the way. Right, exactly. And then and then you don't close that game out, right? And then you come back and you, you lose to a Sunbelt team at home. That Notre Dame doesn't lose to Sunbelt teams, right? And so that's a devastating loss to their psyche, okay? They come back and they have Cal. And, you know, Cal's, Cal's hanging in there with them. And so, I, you know, I think right now as a program, they're, they're sifting through some things and they're sifting through who are they, you know, are they – you know, are they still, you know, the same, you know, rough and tumble, we're going to punch you in the mouth, kind of Notre Dame, you know, run the ball 45 times a game. We'll take some deep shots down the field. Occasionally we're going to play great defense, you know, tradition enriched program. Um, and that's hard when you, when you have a change in coaching, uh, you know, you want to try and uphold the same culture and the same um, things that you, you've been doing, but, you know, when Brian Kelly moved on, 
you know, he took a lot of his assistant coaches with him. Right. You know, I know right. Tommy Reese stayed behind, but uh, there can be a there can be a shift in in mindset in culture. Um, you know, they had a whole spring ball, a whole off season of maybe some things have changed. Maybe some you know um, some discipline things have changed. Some strength and conditioning things have changed. Some toughness, some, some things have changed, and. You know, Brian Kelly didn't lose those games to Sunbelt teams, right? And so, again, do I think Marcus Freeman's going to be a great young coach? Absolutely. I think Marcus Freeman's a great football coach. I, I agree. I, agree. I, don't think, I, I don't think today he'll be a good football coach, hopefully. In <laughs> but, but, do I, but do I think Marcus Freeman down the road will be a great football coach in Notre Dame? I think he will be. Yeah. Um, but it's just asking him to, conti- to continue carrying on the torch of what Notre Dame has been maybe the last nine, 10 years of what Brian Kelly has done. That's tough. That's, that's asking a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so true. Thank you. Uh, it's just, so, I think it's helpful for people to hear from a player, how you process and go through these things. Now, speaking of today's game, something you've referenced already, Brian, is the crowd at Keenan stadium today. And as yeah. you said, we're expecting yeah. an electric atmosphere. Coach Brown yeah. talks about that all the time, how important yeah. The crowd is now the line for this game, at least the most recent one I've seen is Carolina favored by just a point and a half. So we're, we're expecting what should be a very tight game again, as a player, how important is the Keenan stadium crowd in this game? Man, I can't tell you how important it is. It is everything. Um, I can tell you when we are on, when we are on defense and how energetic our fan base is, especially our student section and they are getting into it. It is awesome. It is rocking. It is fun. And being able to see how passionate our fans are and can be is one of the most exciting. And it's one of the reasons why you come to play at Carolina. It is such a great fan base that's, that, that gets such a bad rap. But when Carolina football fans are into the game, they're excited. It's beautiful day here in Keenan, which it's it's going to be 78 degrees, no rain. It's That's gorgeous out already this morning. Um, it is the reason why you want to come play football under the pines in Keenan Stadium and for such a great university. Um, so, again, not a ticket to be had, not a parking pass left <laughs> here in the office. Um, the tailgating, I got some buddies who have already texted me this morning that they're already heading out there. Um, it, it's just – it's going to be a great day, Isaac. And, and – and for us Carolina football guys who have who have always wanted this to be a Carolina football school yeah. and something that we're building, right? Basketball has the prestige and has the sure. history sure. and ha- and 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 we support that and we love that. But we want football to also rise up and be on that same level too. Is you got to win you got to win games like today, right? And you got to be consistent about winning games like today. Yes. So that you can continue building not a one-off yep. and it's not just right. And it's not just a one-off, right? It's not just a fluke kind of, well, you know, these are the games that we expect to win. We want to win and our fans expect us to win. And yep. so, you know, again, our fans are doing their part. They're showing up, they're buying tickets, they're buying the parking passes, they're buying the merchandise. They're going supporting the town of Chapel Hill, which I know really appreciates today. Yes. Yes. Um, they're staying in the hotels, they're going to the bars, they're staying late at the bars, <laughs> you know, they're going to the restaurants. Um, now it's, now it's time for our team to do their part. That's right. And I, That's right. and I really think they're going to do their part today. Um, I know the guys are excited to play and, uh, again, what a great opportunity. Not, not a lot of kids get to play on ABC in front of a national audience 
And uh, this is something that our guys get to do. Uh, man, I love it because we, we've talked about Notre Dame struggles off the beginning of the season. It's still Notre Dame, folks. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Right, ultimately. <laughs> um, so, Brian, give me maybe just one, two, three things that you're specifically watching for in yeah. this game that could help turn the tide. Yeah. Well, again, like I said, it's our offensive line versus their defensive yes. line. Yes. I have got to see our guys move their defensive line around. I'm not saying they got to move them five yards down the field. They just got to cover up their defensive line because the strongest unit in today's game is going to be Notre Dame's front seven. Okay. That, that is the best unit on both sides of the ball that is out there. Okay. And so if our guys, if our front five guys can come out and match up just good enough, I'm not saying they got to blow them out. Yep. They just yep. got to be a little bit better than their front seven today to create options where we keep Drake clean. We we create rushing lanes for yes. Marion, Caleb, George, whoever's running the ball back there. <laughs> um, we have an opportunity to win today's game. Um, I think we got to do something special in the kicking game. We got to either block a punt. We got to we got to have some serious return yards, whether that's on kickoffs, return a punt, do something in the kicking game. If you do something in the special, if you do something special in the kicking game. Percentages are something like 83% of the time that team usually ends up winning the game. And so we're expecting a lot of great things. This is the third thing that, that hasn't been mentioned yet. Eric Church is going to be our honorary captain for today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's going to bring a lot of excitement to the crowd. And then Jeff Saturday is going to do something before the game. Right. Ooh. I know. I'm a big, big, I'm a big fan of Jeff. Uh, he's going to do something right before the team runs out of the tunnel to get the crowd right. pumped up. So the crowd is going to ha have a huge, that's huge awesome. opportunity to impact today. And so that's being disruptive. So Notre Dame can't hear the snap count. It's an opportunity for them to keep our team pumped up and energized when something's going to go wrong because something's going to go wrong. It, it's football. And it, whether that's a turnover, a quick three and out, something's going to go wrong because in football there's ebbs and flows of the game all the time. And so our crowd has to be a huge factor in the game to keep our guys engaged, energized, and it's going to be a 60 minute game. And so it's going to be a lot of fun again, a great day. And there's not a better place I'd rather be right now than, than Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Boy, oh boy, this is going to be a fun one. Brian Chacos, thank you for getting me specific. Like, I'm yeah. personally, like, I'm, I'm more ready than I already was. And I know everyone listening and watching is feeling the same thing. Can't wait to see what Jeff Saturday does. And yeah, man. It's always great to have uh, such a man like Eric Church coming in and being part yep. of things as well. As Chaco said, he's taking the Tar Heels. I'm doing the same thing. They're going to cover this one and a half point spread. Uh, how fun would it be to make a big play in the kicking game, win with a walk-off field goal? That's what we'll love I'm it. going with. However. Yes. And uh, I'm looking for Ben Kiernan to keep doing big things in the punting game, too, as we're talking about special teams. I know we don't get much love there for the punters, but right. let's make sure we give a little bit of that. Brian Chakos, thank you so much for hopping in and joining us, giving us such great insight today. Love when you are able to do that. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Isaac, keep doing a great job, buddy. Love watching your show and uh, proud of you. Keep doing a great job, man. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. And folks, you, thank you so much for hopping in with us. That's it 
for this weekend on Locked on Tar Heels. We'll have a quick takeaway after the game and then obviously Monday's recap show. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow Chacos at Chock Chock, C-H-A-C, C-H-A-C 65. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. Get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second lesson today. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you around the conference in 30 minutes, five days a week. We both want to thank you so much for hopping in with us. It's been great to get ready for this game. Let's go Tar Heels. Let's do it. And we want to remind you that it is always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until Monday. Peace.